0: That is the 11th time you've heard that intro music.
1: Hey, we on to the toes, baby. Yep. when you out of fingers This is the 11th episode. We on to the toes.
0: Thank you for downloading the Steam Room uh, and subscribing. Uh, we appreciate that. We really do. We this do. This has been so much fun for, for me and well, Chuck every I, Thursday to sit here and just talk about stuff that's really not sports-related or uh, NBA-related sports NBA NBA related. Related specifically. Uh, and that's the been, best thing about it for me. Yeah. And, you like in, in this episode,
1: uh, you're going to hear from Dr. Sanjay Gupta, one of the smartest men and nicest people you ever yeah. going to meet. We'll be talking uh, about not... the coronavirus <laughs> with him. It <laughs> you know was amazing that working with you, Kenny and Shaq, that's the first time I said that one of the smartest and nicest people I've ever been around. Never said that before. After 19 years with you, four, you three, you, you realize we're, we're on the air now when you say something just, that
0: mean-spirited. <laughs> oh, mean-spirited. It's not like though. we're going to start over. <laughs> See, this is what I put up with, folks. And you, you know what else I put up with? Uh, his most uh, popular phrase, which is how we start our show.
1: First of all, I could listen to that Mariah Carey song every day. First of all, I've met Rob Lowe a few times in my life. That's a pretty man. First of all, Christmas Carolyn is not a thing. First of all, I don't even think kale's a thing. <laughs> first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, what is first of all today? I got a couple of good ones. Hey America, I know you get sick and tired of negativity in sports, but I tell people all the time, man, kind of like the way you started
0: the show with the shot at me and check. And that has again, nothing to do with sports. That was negative. That has that was, nothing to do with was sports.
1: negativity. That was, that was negative shots that you guys that has zero to do with sports. Okay. okay. Right. Oh, perfectly permissible. Uh, yes. Continue. So there was two things that happened in sports is one of the reasons I love sports. Uh, It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life, being able to dribble a stupid basketball. (laughs) But there's two things that make me just feel good in my heart. First, we're going to the University of Vermont, and there's a kid named Josh Spidell. Yep. So he got a scholarship to Vermont. Indiana kid. uh, Yes. In 2015, he was in 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 a real serious, almost fatal accident. They left him in a coma and with a traumatic brain injury. And this week, they had worked out, the coach at Vermont uh, had worked out a deal with the other coach. Obviously, I apologize for not knowing the other school to let him score a basket. And it was Albany they were playing. Albany, okay. And I just want to thank the coach at Vermont and Albany for letting that kid score and watch his interview. Watch, number one, all the players on both teams give him a hug. And after the game, he was saying, "This was the greatest night in my life. I actually scored a basket in college, and nobody can ever take it from me." Yeah,
0: they play in the America East Conference. And, Vermont leads that conference with a thirteen and two record, and overall they've they always been good twenty three and seven. They, yeah, they have been good every year. No, exactly. they we expect to see them yeah. in the tournament if they can win that. Uh, if they can win that conference,
1: well, if you think you're having a bad day, go to on the internet and watch this kid and his interview after the game, you realize you're not having a bad day. I mean, this kid he's had obviously had some serious issues, but for the the other uh, for Albany and Vermont to set up where he could score one college goal, basket, mm-hmm. and the kid's got a great sense of humor because I saw he said. I was going to miss so I could get a rebound and a basket. (laughs) And, like, that let me know, like, this kid has got, he says, yeah, I was really thinking about it because I wanted a rebound too. But I was going to miss the first one and get the rebound so I could have a rebound and a basket. I was watching one of the stories about him too, Chuck. Uh,
0: And the night that this happened was the night of the Super Bowl, what, about four or five years ago? Really? And he had decided that night to go out and get some shots up. And went out, stopped for a bite of food, was coming out of the parking lot of that place
1: and got T-boned. Wow. And But, and, but just go to the internet uh, and you won't worry about having any problems in your life. And the second one, there's a guy named Bobby Ryan who plays for the Ottawa Senators. Y'all know I'm a big hockey fan. And he played his last home game in mid-November. Then he went into rehab. And he came out and played his first home game last week, and had a hat trick—three goals uh, in and, one
0: game. For if you're not a hockey fan, yeah, three well, goals in one game.
1: Well, first of all, you should be a hockey fan. I'm but with you. I just want to give a shout out to those guys, Josh Spidell and Bobby Ryan of the Senators. You know, obviously, I think you know we've talked about it. For uh, I had a brother who passed away at a young age, uh, so I know addiction. And man, I'm prilling for this guy. And just the, the camaraderie on both teams, giving him a standing ovation, the crowd to give him a standing ovation. Just getting back out there, but to have a, a hat trick, I mean, it just made it made my heart just feel so. Like man, there's so many people out here who got real stuff going on, and like they're trying to they, they're trying so hard. The thing too that as you and
0: I talked about that, was the great hockey player salute. Yes. You know, is is those guys who are on the bench, who are banging
1: the boards with their gloves or their sticks. And he was crying. And, yeah. This is a grown man, like, yeah. who got a real struggle. And, like, he was so touched by his teammates and the other team and the crowd, like, he was crying on the bench so you know it meant something to him. It was one of those. It
0: was one of those moments that if you read the script, if Hollywood came yeah. out and, and did this script and said, "NHL player goes into rehab, comes back, scores hat trick, and first came like, back," nah, you that's say, a, no, that's re-write. a that's a Disney yeah, movie. That's a little. That's a little too corny. Yeah. But the thing that makes sports great is that <sighs> no, it's not corny because it can happen, yeah. and it did happen. And you, and then you had those cameras trained on those players and him in particular. Yeah. And seeing just the raw emotion of that moment, yeah. man. Yeah. That's... And when
1: you when you think about those two guys this week, you're thinking like, you know what? I, I'm not gonna complain about my cable. I'm not gonna complain because I had my car wasn't uh, my car wouldn't start. Like, man, we get beat over the head because I'm, it's really sad that negativity sells in our business. But man, there's some good stuff happening out there. So shout out to Mister Spidell and Bobby Ryan. And let me say this.
0: That was in 11 episodes now of the Steam Room, I think, and I can see by the by the members of the crew nodding, that that was probably the best first of all uh, we've ever heard, which is pretty rare for me to say cause, well, 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 because most of them are so average. This, and we'll be back with more of the Steam Room right after this. <laughs> Back here on the Steam Room, and uh, it is a pleasure and an honor to be joined by Dr. Sanjay Gupta, uh, CNN's chief medical correspondent. Special guest, uh, without question. Thanks for being on the Steam Room. We appreciate you.
2: It's my honor. I've really been looking forward to this. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, look, we're talking about the coronavirus, and I mean, this this is one of those stories, Dr. Gupta, when... Uh, I mean, as we talk to you on a Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. by a Thursday evening, the narrative may may change. I mean, how are you keeping on top of this, and and how concerned are you? How, where would your level of concern be?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's um, a, a very rapidly changing story, and you know, our team has been sort of following this for for you know close to two months now uh, on a, on a daily basis. And as you point out, uh, Ernie, the numbers change. Uh, you know, every hour. So it, it is, it has been a, it's been important to keep on top of. Look, my level of concern is that I, I think that this is, uh, for, for the vast majority of people out there, this isn't going to be something that's going to make them particularly sick. Uh, it's something that they may not even know that they've been exposed to. But I do think there's a couple of things that are, that are worth pointing out. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that doctors are always sort of uh, balancing this notion of, of honesty and, and hope. And and I think with a story like this, honesty has to lead the way. And and I I think knowledge is is power because I think when you hear the facts and the science, it actually is somewhat comforting but also makes people action-oriented. So what I would say is that 80% of people will not uh, uh, really get that sick or even know they have it. But the elderly um, and people with pre-existing conditions are more at risk here. Their bodies have less reserve we're con- we all all human beings on this planet are constantly fighting pathogens if you 're healthy uh, you don't really notice it if you're if you have some sort of health problem or you're elderly, your reserve is lower, and therefore you notice it so we need to do everything we can to best protect the population of people that we know are vulnerable here older people, my parents you know people's grandparents, whoever it may be and I think that's where a lot of the focus needs to be now
1: what is you know we talk about you might be exposed but don't know it what what are some Something that should worry you symptom wise
2: it's it's hard to distinguish this between uh you know um, flu like symptoms cold like symptoms, and I think for most people they wouldn't be able to tell for sure without actually getting tested. One thing that has been interesting uh looking very, looking very closely at the the data from all the patients in China, 70,000-person study over there, is that it tends to affect the lower respiratory system more. So what does that mean? Uh, you may, may, one of the earlier symptoms, you may notice that you're just kind of more winded walking up a flight of stairs than typical. Uh, you're more likely to have um, uh, fatigue and and muscle aches. You can get those with the flu as well things that are less likely to happen are runny nose and sore throat because that's more upper respiratory. In fact, I'll tell you, I was talking to some of my colleagues in China and before they had the more widespread testing, if, if patients came in and they had runny nose, they were very inclined to believe that that wasn't coronavirus and they would put them in a separate place versus people who were coming in with the lower respiratory symptoms. But the bottom line is the patients can't be expected to know. And I think that's what, why we need to be doing testing out there. We've been behind on the testing in this country. That hopefully is going to change.
0: Can I ask you a real basic question, which might sound like a stupid question? No. And, and I'm not immune from, from asking those. But where did, <laughs> it start? where did it start? Where did it come from? I mean, wh- how does something like this begin in the first place?
2: This is, this is a, a really interesting question, uh, Ernie. Y- y- almost all pathogens that we humans are exposed to, came from animal world. Uh, There's constantly a swap of pathogens going back and forth, animals to humans, humans to animals. In fact, um, several times in the past, history of the world, these these jumps of coronaviruses have have come from animals to humans. Uh, We know a couple of them. In particular, SARS was a similar sort of situation, uh, which came from this animal known as the civet cat. And mares, the Middle East respiratory system, came from camels. They're they're very confident this came from animals as well. They're not sure which. Uh, They think maybe bats. And at some point, uh, it just makes a leap. There was a patient zero at some point uh, some some human being uh, had the jump occur to that person from an animal and the pathogen started circulating in that person's body and replicating and eventually started spreading to other human beings we don't know exactly when that happened where we think it was somewhere in china obviously but but we don't know much more beyond that but that's almost always the story here it's it's that back and forth swapping of pathogens that that is constantly occurring most times without any consequence But every now and then, it can lead to something like this.
1: Were you on the mask? Because I've heard different opinions on the mask.
2: I've really looked into this, uh, Charles. So the the headline is that if you're a healthy person, you don't need to wear a mask. If you uh, have symptoms, coughing, sneezing, and you're you're, uh, letting respiratory droplets into the environment, a mask can be helpful to protect other people. From, from your, you know, respiratory droplets, which have virus in them. Here, you know, th- there's different kinds of masks. The one that people typically think of the surgical masks, um, you know, th- th- they're not airtight. That You know, viruses can still get around the mask, or underneath the mask, and so they're not really offering protection. Sometimes a virus gets on the mask and someone then touches the mask, they can actually contaminate themselves. Some studies have shown that wearing a mask for a healthy person could actually put you at increased risk. The Surgeon General just released a report on that. There is another type of mask known as the N95 respirator mask. This may be more than people want to know, but everyone seems to be asking about this. But that's an airtight mask. Uh, You have to have it fit tested to your face, uh, and if it's fitted properly properly, It's actually hard to breathe. I mean, you'd have a hard time conducting your normal daily activities with an N95 mask, which is why it's usually worn for a short time by health professionals who are coming in direct contact with patients. But the bottom line is, healthy people don't need masks. It may—it's not going to benefit you. There's some evidence that maybe it makes you more likely to get the infection. And there is this other issue, which I think is real. I was uh, did a meeting with the vice president yesterday, uh, looking at the resources in this country, and you know we're not sure that we have enough masks for healthcare workers right now. They—they they require several a day in order to take care of patients. We have you know maybe 40 million in the stockpile, and uh 3m is going to start making 35 million more a month but right now you know those masks really need to be used by healthcare workers unless you are sick if you are sick uh if you are coughing sneezing and releasing virus into the into the air then a mask might be useful so
1: let me ask you the question about planes trains yeah. things like that
2: I I uh I'll, I'll preface by saying I flew 3 times this week um I flew yesterday so, you know, to the extent that, uh, you know, you practice what you preach, I, I, I'm not worried about flying uh, domestically uh, right now. I didn't see anybody wearing a mask, by the way, on the plane. Um, I, I spent some time talking to the Airline Association specifically about the air on planes. I knew the answer to this, but I wanted to be sure, and the air is, is, is recirculated um, several times an hour on planes so uh you know every few minutes in fact it's recirculated if you look at the quality of air on an airplane in the cabin um there's some studies that say it's it's uh has because it's filtered so much it has less impurities in it as compared to like most office buildings for example the biggest risk i think the the two biggest concerns is that on an airplane you uh, you you're obviously in close proximity to people if someone is sick next to you, within three to six feet of you, uh, you know, you, you are at more risk of, of catching whatever that person has. If somebody is subsequently found to have coronavirus on your plane and you're within a few rows of that person, you will likely get contacted by the CDC afterward and uh, maybe asked to be screened, uh, get tested, and if you come back positive, you may be asked to isolate yourself at home. So those are Those are the concerns. I think the, the likelihood of that is very low, but, but I think that's the biggest concern now Internationally, there are some countries around the world that have issued travel advisories, and if you go to those places, even if you don't get sick, you may be at, you may be uh, in quarantine for for up to two weeks when you return from these places. So that's all to say that that, uh, I think the likelihood of you getting coronavirus from travel is very low, but there are all these other considerations now with regard to travel that are coming into play because of of what's happening.
0: To follow up on that, I mean, you talk about the air recirculating and that kind of thing. How about tray tables and that kind of thing? Yeah. Maybe somebody, Uh, you know, I don't know how, you know, I know the... Planes are prepared for every flight, and the crew is on there. But I don't know if every if every trade table is being wiped down with Lysol or whatever. Or you know, you could be on a could you not be on a plane with a bunch of healthy folks, but somebody on that previous flight using that plane had their had their hands all over that table, and 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 from what I understand, that is a way that you can contract
2: it. Yeah, no question. And the trade table. Interestingly enough, maybe, is, is uh, one of the dirtiest parts of the plane. Uh, there's been studies on this, and, and uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys who does wipe the tray table down every time I sit down. One of the ways this virus is transmitted is, is that, the, that those droplets, those respiratory droplets I was talking about, end up on a trade table. They can live there for hours, maybe even longer, unless it's disinfected. They try and disinfect the planes um, and they're getting better about it. That's uh, the airline industry was at the White House yesterday talking about that. But you're absolutely right. Uh, touching surfaces and then touching your nose, your mouth, your eyes is a way that people can uh, contaminate themselves, can infect themselves. So, yeah, I mean, I take great precaution even outside of coronavirus uh, season to, to always wipe down those, those trade tables I'll tell you, you know, I, it's funny. I've noticed a lot more people doing it. Whenever I would do it, I'd sit on a plane, I would start wiping it down. The guy next to me, or the the, 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 per, the person next to me, would look at me, and then they would immediately start wiping down. So hey, you the got train any more table. of those? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And I'll tell you another thing I noticed because I've been traveling so much this week. Every time I'm in the restroom now. I mean, I've never seen so many guys seriously washing their hands yeah. as I have over the last couple of weeks. I that's mean, I know a good that's thing a, here in our
0: studio. I hope it catches on.
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's a good habit, and I hope that that good habit continues far beyond this this outbreak. But, you know, I think th- th- those those true and tried basic measures – the reason for hundreds of years they've been recommended is because they can work, and, and uh, you know that, that that may be some good that comes out of this. People actually practicing those good behaviors.
1: So my question, you know, there's been this debate I've watched on TV for the last couple of years. Is washing your hand with soap or hand sanitizer? What's the pro and con of that argument?
2: Well, you know, soap and water is, is fine. I mean, you tend to, uh, you know, the CDC recommends soap and water, 20 seconds of doing that as the best way when they look at, you know, how, what, what kind of viral residue you have left on your hands. If you are using the, the, uh, the hand sanitizer, it should be 60%. Alcohol-based, in order to have the best benefit, uh, you know the scrubbing motion, uh, 20 seconds. The scrubbing motion seems to be pretty important. The mechanical act of actually removing the virus off of your off of your hands as well. But I think hand sanitizer is good in, in a pinch. But the washing is is probably better. If you are going to hand sanitize, um, 60% alcohol is a good thing to look for on the bottle. And if you're and if you're washing with soap and water, really, you know, 20 seconds. Doesn't seem like that long, but if you, it, you know, I, I say you sing the happy birthday song twice in your head, uh, it's actually a long time. You know, and and if you do that, you'll find that you're, you're spending a fair amount of time really washing your hands well, back of your hands, your thumbs. People often forget their thumbs, and I hope this doesn't sound silly to be talking about hand washing so specifically in the middle mm-hmm. of an outbreak, but but again, it, it is so important uh, in terms of stopping the spread of this. So, uh, 20 seconds, soap and water, really doing it, and and people I think are doing it better than they have in the past.
0: How about crowds um, and going out and? You know, we we've heard about some sporting events that are going to be played in front of no fans, um, yeah. uh, Internationally, um,
2: and I'd say, I, mean, I think I've heard a few college basketball yeah, games too, right? Yeah, a of, and a couple
0: of teams have canceled trips to to certain areas. Uh, I mean, would you would you say, hey, don't go into a crowd of twenty thousand people, or uh, or would you say, what would you say?
2: I would not say that yet. Uh, I would not. Uh, I don't think the science is suggesting that yet. And I've asked the, you know, the, the scientists who are really uh, tracking this on the coronavirus task force. We're not there yet. I mean, in Japan, they've closed schools uh, for a month. Uh, wow. In Italy, they've, called, they've closed schools and colleges to the middle of March. And I will tell you, you know, some of the things we're seeing in this country, Ernie. You know, those 195 passengers that came from Wuhan that were quarantined at that air base in California for yeah. two weeks. Remember that. What happened, that quarantine on American soil, that hadn't happened in decades in this country. Last time was actually around smallpox in the 60s. So, you know, we're seeing some unprecedented action here. Uh, During the uh, H1N1 outbreak in 2009, there were some 700 schools that were closed at that point, and we hear about 50 schools that have been closed now in the United States, uh, you know, trying to to get at this, this concept of social distancing, just sort of distance people from each other. That's a way to break the spread. But I think, you know, what, what you're hearing from the scientists who are already following this is that the same sort of things you would do during flu season uh, really seem to be the best advice here. So if you, if you are sick, be honest about it and stay home because you're, you're, you're going to infect other people. And if, if you uh, are out in public, you know, uh, trying to avoid sick people as, as, as best you can. Um, Again, as we talked about with the surfaces, so much of this transmission occurs because someone touches a surface, then touches their own face, avoiding that. I don't shake hands, uh, you know, um, I don't shake hands much because of what we're talking about generally, but especially at a time when a virus is circulating like this. Um, You know, uh, when you go back and look at SARS, which was in 2002-2003. It sort of peaked in March-April timeframe and then sort of the tail end of it was in July. At no point did we have a vaccine. At no point did we have a, a therapeutic, like an antiviral. In the end, what really worked was, first of all, the weather got warmer and that did help, but also basic public health measures like the ones we're talking about brought what could have been a really deadly outbreak to, to, a, to, to a halt. So. Um, I I think, you know, we're not ready to say uh, stop public events and and all that yet. I doubt that those recommendations will be made widely in the United States. Some communities may make those recommendations, but uh, I don't think we're there yet. You know, you
1: said something about the flu shot. Did this – I get a flu shot. Does that have any effect on this coronavirus?
2: does not seem to I mean these are different viruses Um, you know the flu shot is really designed you know they designed the flu shot based on the flu virus that is circulating uh, around the country um, so it, it's good to get the flu shot, and the reason is that when you, if you do get symptoms at all and you've had your flu shot, it's going to help the medical folks figure out that this isn't flu because I think the first okay. thing that they're going to wonder, if someone's developing any of these symptoms, is it, is it flu? And it's much more likely to be flu because flu affects tens of millions of people in the United States. Uh, this obviously hasn't spread that widely yet, although more widely than we may think. So, getting the flu shot is good to keep you sick from getting the flu, and also to to rule out that it is flu if you if you get symptoms, help rule it out.
0: And it's going to be another year at least, right, before you get a vac- vaccine for this.
2: Yeah, it's it, you know, and and you know, this has been a point of confusion, and you know, I know you people have heard President Trump say you know it's going to happen very quickly within the next few months. I think the, the, the important thing to remember is at the end of the day, what people mean by a year before the flu is a year before. You know, the average person could get a flu shot. There are candidates for the vaccine that exist right now. There's about 20 of them. That's you know, companies saying, hey, this could be a vaccine, and another company saying this could be a vaccine. And all these candidates, they have to go through their trials then, because right now it's 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 an educated guess. But you want to make sure that you got a vaccine that is safe. It's not going to make people sick and that it's going to be effective. And the, the, you you can't speed up those trials. That just takes time. So it's not going to be ready for, for this season. If there's a season to this, it's not going to be ready for this season. It'll be about this time next year.
0: Dr. Sanjay Gupta, man, we can't thank you enough for, I know this has been one of the busiest times of of your life, and you've got a town hall with Anderson Cooper on this Thursday night in New York. Um, yep, that'll help a lot of folks too. And and uh, we appreciate what you've what you've shared with us today. We really appreciate that. Thank well, you, thank Doc. Thank
2: you. I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan. And I hope to see. I hope that this you know the numbers start to decrease. And I hope to see you guys at what is my favorite sporting event of of all. Yep. Yeah. The Final Four. Yeah. I the tournament. Michigan. Michigan, you, you know, we're going to see what happens. Are,
0: yeah, we're yeah, going to, no. are we going to see them in Atlanta in the yeah. Final Four? It's, it's up absolutely. for grabs, man. It's oh, no, absolutely. No, 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 no.
2: That one, that one, I know. Yeah, well, you? <laughs> I don't know where this coronavirus is going, but I know about that.
0: Yeah. Well, that was remember the last time they had it in Atlanta, it was oh, your Wolverines, yeah, so, yeah against right. Louisville, yeah. That's right. That'll be absolutely. awesome. Yeah, well, thank, thank you so thank much. You. Have go, a go, appreciate
1: it, guys. Good luck with the town hall. Thank you, sir. We'll see you. Thank you. Bye
0: bye. That was that's. You know what? I just love having access to. To just throw questions out because there's been so much information out there and trying to keep yeah.
1: track of it all. Chuck. I'll say this about uh, Doctor Gupta: first of all, he is fantastic. I love watching him on CNN, but one of the nicest people you ever gonna meet. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I love watching him, and I was I'm excited about the town hall. Because you know, people don't know all the answers. You better ask somebody instead of trying to guess. Yeah. But I just want to say this, man. One of the nicest people you ever going to meet. And that story just keeps on changing. and yes. uh, We encourage
0: you to check out the town hall on CNN on this uh, Thursday night. Yeah, uh, we need you on CNN. If you're not watching us talking NBA.
1: If you have to choose, go with us.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, go with the town hall. Uh, but anyway, we're going to come back here with more of the Steam Room, uh, uh. one of our favorites of all
1: time. Oh, my goodness. Now he's yeah. the one of the favorites of all time? Yeah, Tim Kylie. Dr. J's here? <laughs> oh, you mean? <laughs> no, it's Dr. TK. Dr. Gupta, Dr. TK. Yeah.
0: He's next. We're back on the Steam Room. Um, Tim Kiley's here. The legendary
3: uh, coordinating player <laughs> I'd like legendary. to congratulate you guys on the 11th Steam Room Thank you. podcast. Well, congratulations and, to you. You're a huge part of this, TK. I, what do you got this week, TK? Well, Ernie, apparently everybody enjoyed the sporting news segment last week.
1: What in the wide, wide world
0: of sports is going on here? <laughs>
3: Blazing saddles. That's it. Slim Pickens. Yeah. Great slim pickings. Yeah. Chuck, is your boy Spike Lee doing the right thing? I think. Oh, that, I,
0: see what, uh, I, yeah. think, TK, I uh-huh. see what you did there. TK, I see what
1: you did there. He's bellyaching the right about thing. James Dool- I think Dolan. This, I think this is much to do about nothing. I don't know who's right or who's wrong, but I'm not going to waste my time talking about the New York Knicks. Uh, in the middle of uh, we getting ready for March Madness, TK. We getting ready for the NBA, NBA playoffs.
0: So you're just so you're just not even going to talk about. You know, Spike says he's been going through that same employee mm-hmm. entrance for twenty something years. The team says we've been trying
1: to get him to go into the VIP entrance. And yeah, I so it's, and how, I'm trying to figure like they asked you to come in a VIP entrance. Okay. <laughs> okay. And it
3: becomes a national story. Yeah. Come on, TK, stop it. Well, he says he's never going to another Knicks game this year.
1: I don't want to watch the Knicks anymore this year either. I don't disagree hey, with you. That's a great excuse. Hey, listen, exactly. he's the luckiest dude in the world do not to watch that trash for the rest of the
3: year. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Okay, how the hell did you end up chipping golf balls at Angels Camp? Uh, have you seen uh, this, Ernie? I have, as a matter of fact. A
0: beautiful in fact, swing. In fact, I had uh, I had exchanged texts with Joe Madden, who told
1: me Chuck is coming out to our camp. Joe Madden is amazing. No, he's great uh, Ernie knows him yeah. pretty well. I got to know him a little bit when he was with the Cubs. I really want to thank him and the great Tony La Russa, who set it up. Yeah, uh, and and I got to saw the great uh, uh, Pool host, which is always cool. Uh, and my man, Justin Upton. The Trouter, too, right? Uh, but I got to say something. I didn't fanboy over Mike Trout this time. You just so, didn't? I, no, I didn't. So, TK, it's kind of like, so a couple years ago, remember we went to the ESPYs? I'm walking to the elevator, and I get around the corner, and I'm walking to Mike Trout, who's amazing. I'm so nervous. I'm like, <laughs> I never picture
0: you being nervous around. Oh, a, he is. So I, I think if, if I meet, We're like when I uh, when I when
1: I was at the White House, when I met Paul McCartney and Meryl Streep, I was tongue-tied because you did two mm-hmm. of the greatest ever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so I I'm walk gonna. around the corner and there's Mike Trout, and I'm like, I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm, Mr. Trout. Mr. Trout. I'm Charles Barkley. <laughs> Mr. Uh, calling Mr. Well, Trout? Well, yeah, i I was so nervous. I don't know the dude. I ain't going to walk with, hey, Mike. Trout. Did you
3: see Trout hit
1: that golf ball? Yeah. Oh, that was unbelievable. Ernie, beautiful draw. Oh, my goodness. First of all, I give him two and two and stomp him in golf. <laughs> Listen, that's unbelievable. Yeah, that was, but it was, was really great to spend time with Mr. Larusa, Tony I love the death, Joe Madden, Abba Pujols, Justin Upton, and the great Mike Trout. <laughs> That was cool, though, man.
3: That's very cool. That's very cool. Something else cool. Uh Uh-oh. During ESPN's Clippers Sixers broadcast on Sunday. Don't know if you heard this, Ernie. Mike Breen, Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson were talking about your speech at Georgia.
0: Shout out to the great Maria Taylor, the youngest commencement speaker
3: at her alma mater, the University of Georgia, this spring. That's got to be an intimidating thing to do.
2: And I'll say this, I was at one where the great Ernie Johnson gave the commencement speech. The best I've ever heard. You know what?
0: That and, and what's cool. Congrats, by the way. That was 2017. Well, let me ask you a question first. Yeah. How nervous were you? Uh, nervous to a degree, but you know, when you speak a lot, you know, and I make, make speeches all over the place, but when you're in Sanford Stadium and you've got thousands of family members and parents, and all these graduates out there, um, you you just don't want to screw it up, you Mm -hmm. know, and you you want it to be meaningful. And what's been cool is to be stopped in airports and that kind of thing by moms and dads who will still say, my son or my daughter graduated from Georgia in 2017, and we were there to hear your commencement address. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Van Gundy was there. He had somebody who was at... Who was at the? Uh, who was graduating that year? Stan Van Gundy was even there. I mm. talked to Stan once on the phone. He says, "Man, that speech you made in 2017." So it was. It, it is indeed one of the highlights of my
1: life, and always will be to to speak at my alma mater and to and to uh, have that kind well, of. Well, let me just say, to. Mike, Mike, and Jeff, and Mark are fantastic. So yes. shout out to those guys. But Ernie, That's in fairness, Mike, thinking,
3: Mike made the Hall of Fame. Uh,
1: in fairness, uh, at that Sanford Stadium. Yeah, it had to be the highlight for those Georgia fans because y'all have haven't accomplishment of things since Herschel Walker left. Wah, wah, right. wah, so. <laughs> oh. Went to the national championship game. Yeah, you didn't win. I know, but uh, we've had
0: we've had some good years and we've also chalked up quite a few wins over <laughs> the war Eagle. And did you add a little bit much? It was, yeah, I mean, it was like bullet points. It was like, I want to be able to tell this story. I want to be able to tell this story. But what took the most amount of time, I finished it with a poem and I based it on the Dr. Seuss so oh the places you'll go right, but I Reworked it so that it was like a lot of Athens references and, and being a University of Georgia yeah. student references and that kind of thing um, But it was very cool because my last the last line was oh the mark that you'll make as tonight you embark Take a swing at this life hit it out of the park We'll read of your exploits and books and in blogs you're the class of seventeen. Some damn good dogs. Thank you. And all those kids went, ah, yeah. So it was very
1: cool. Shout out was, to Maria Taylor too. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. This is tremendous. That's a so tremendous. Because she's fantastic. Another on Grady,
0: Grady College of uh, Journalism uh, grad, and and she is awesome. And she will she will have a wonderful time doing that. But oh. it, I mean, the thing is, you just got you just soak it up, and you just kind of you look around, and it's just tremendous. What
3: about you? What are you going to say in yours? Have you you done a commencement speech? I have not done a commencement speech, but mine would be very simple. Make lemons out of lemonade? I would
1: name a bunch of famous people who are successful. And uh, it it would be very simple. I would name probably 10 to 15 really successful famous people. And I would say all these people went to college and graduated and you because we don't know what we can accomplish in life so every kid here got a chance to write their own story and, and I'm and I'm not even gonna name jocks I'm about people who are really successful in the business world who are who invented great things I'm all these people were sitting in your seat one day like I ain't going and I don't want to I don't want to sound too pompous or like a jerk I can't believe my life. If I was sitting there in high school or college and I said, This is what you're gonna accomplish in life, ain't no way in the world I would have thought my life would have turned out like this. And I'm pretty sure, it the same way. This guy's one of the most successful people on television ever for a long extended period of time. I don't think when he was graduating from Georgia, he says, Hey, When I'm this age, I'm going to have accomplished all this stuff. (laughs) I mean, TK, I mean, I I really mean that sincerely. Like, I can't, sometimes, I don't do it a lot. Sometimes I sit around and say, man, I cannot believe this little fat kid from Leeds, Alabama, who grew up in the projects. My life turned out like this. Like, Like I say, Ernie, who went to school to do what he did. I think if you ask him, like, nah, in 40 years, I'm going to be an accomplished all no, this never, stuff. You, and that's what I would tell those kids. You no way of knowing. You get to write your own
0: story. But mm-hmm. what I did say to them, too, is that do anything <clears throat> in your power once you graduate to have a job you get to do. Yes. And not mm. got to do. Because too many people drive to work doing jobs they got to do. And it's like, oh, here we go again. But if you have a job you get to do. It's like you've never had to work it That's
1: what life. I just told you earlier. See, stop trying to take credit for good stuff when I said it. I don't I said think, to, I don't I said think that say, that
0: was exactly the way you put it. That's the way I it. I, 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 I did, did it, it
1: in Ebonic style. Uh, that story and my story are just, so far up there. They're
3: I have one more. I don't know. <laughs> Chuck, when you're in the sauna, in honor of our so- steam room, do you pour water on the rock? Yes. You do? I do. Okay, this moron in England felt that it wasn't warm enough so he went out, filled a bucket full of pool water. Oh my! And threw goodness. it on. You don't the want rocks. to do that with the chlorine. It's basically chlorine gas. So the whole the, the sauna was filled with five or six people who all ran out, choking, throwing up, being sick to their stomach. What kind of idiot would do
1: that anyway? Automatically, I would never go to the pool. Like I'm a dummy. And I would like, wouldn't like, let me go to the pool and get that water. That's, that dude just stupid.
0: That's another thing I said at that commencement. Did you? <laughs> Never, Never
3: put chlorinated water onto the rocks in a sauna. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, I just wanted to make sure you, you were aware, because I was very worried that you might go to the nearest body of water that you could find, which would be a pool.
1: No, no, no. There's no 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 no. Trust me, brother. And actually I will admit this. I'm not a sauna guy. Uh I, I You like moist heat. I I like moist heat. Uh I like I'll uh I will use a sauna if I have to, but I love the steam room. Because Literally and figuratively. <laughs>
2: what
3: else can we say?
1: <laughs> I love the, the steam, steam room. And it'll
0: continue after this. <laughs>
1: Are we going to get into international calls this week? Well, you're taking us right into the follow the,
0: uh, the last segment as, as we normally do it with your old I
1: know, system. but I love it when we get international
0: calls. I, I have no idea. It's, okay. it's time for the answering machine.
1: You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hey, Ernie and Charles. My name is Donna. I love your show and listen every week. Question for both of y'all. If you
3: could bring back any canceled TV series for one more season... What would it be, and Charles, preferably one you've actually watched?
0: <laughs> that did not sound like an international call, but a very quality call yes. nonetheless. So, if you could bring back a TV series that's long gone, what would it be? I don't know if any TV series are long gone now, with you know, no, TV land and yet. everything else. You can still watch. Well, I, I'm
1: everything. sad that Modern Family's ending, mm-hmm. which is arguably the greatest show in television history. Uh, I love The Good Wife. I love Scandal. Modern Family was amazing. Well, what would you bring back that's gone already? How about what's happening? Hey, hey, hey! hey. See, see, I don't like where you're going with this. Why? Because I think I, it's a shot coming at me. soon. no, it's not. Okay. I used to, I used to watch that show. Well, I thought you were going to call me rerun.
0: No, I'm not going to call you rerun. Okay. There was Raj and rerun and <laughs>
1: see, hey, hey, hey. I, it'd probably be. Cause everybody had a thing for Thelma on Good Times, uh, and, and and Aunt Wilona. Mm-hmm. I, so you'd I, like so, to see Good Times? Yeah, right. I can always look at Thelma and uh, How about
0: L A Law? L A Law was a good show. Yeah, you like to have uh, that it was.
1: Out? And that in Hill, Hill Street Blue. Hill Street Blue. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Thelma and Aunt, and and uh, Janet DeBoer. I forget her name. Uh, she was hot. You know what I? You know what show I used to like growing
0: up? You know what I, McMillan and wife. Oh, my goodness. You remember that?
1: I do remember that. Susan St. James. Wait, what? Well, when's the one uh, who's married to? Uh, Dick Ebersole. Dick Ebersole, my mentor, the guy who got me on television. Yeah. still love what, that What show. was the show with Angie Dickerson? Police Woman? Po- police Story. Police Story. Police story, that was pretty good. Police something. Uh, and listen, I, well, I don't, wanna, stop I don't want people about thinking I got okay. some issues going on, but you can't ever go wrong with Charlie's Angels. <laughs> you got issues. Next
2: call. Hey Chuck, I got a question
1: for you. What's your uh, what's your top five fast food places? Ooh, fast food places. Mm. Well, you can't go wrong with In and Out Burger. You can't go wrong with Five Guys. You just can't make the mistake of put those fries on your upholstery because that old greasy bag is gonna get you every time. Uh, I love Taco Bell. Uh, I love tacos. Tacos might be my favorite food. Uh, There's a place in Alabama called Milo's that's unbelievable. That's a fast food place? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And you can never go wrong with Kentucky Fried Chicken. How about Uh, Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A, the only thing I get there is that wrap when I'm trying to eat healthy, which I never try to do. I got a Chick-fil-A addiction. Uh, Do you really? Yeah. Now those look, the, the, the 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 chicken Caesar wrap is really good. Really, yeah. Haven't haven't tried that. But, uh, come on, man. The, the, you get you some some. Uh, oh, I left out Popeyes. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Popeyes. But Kentucky Fried well, Chicken. You, you and Popeyes. can't really
0: when you're talking about your top five fast food places with Chuck. You ain't gonna get just the top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. I'm call.
1: gonna eat more than five places. <laughs>
3: hey, Charles. Have you ever wondered what you would have done
1: if you weren't tall? Like if you were only five foot nine, but you still had the exact same personality, what do you think you would have ended up doing career wise? Well, you know, number one, I really appreciate that question because one of the reasons I get frustrated and mad when, when, when we talk about uh, paying college players uh, and things like that uh, because I think there's a, a, a tremendous value in a free education. Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you, but I think, one of the reasons I work, we talk to kids a lot about education. Uh, I don't want to dig ditches. There's nothing wrong with it, uh, but I would have tried to get a job where I got to wear a suit to work every day because I'm not made to work in cold weather or hot weather. So I would have found a way to be successful while I could go to work um, uh, in a, in a suit, uh, so I could control the temperature. 'Cause I'm I'm opposed to really, really hard work. I've only did something silly my whole life, like dribble a stupid basketball. I'm not made for hard work. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs>
0: That's I'm just trying to digest that whole answer. Oh I don't want to go any place where I have I don't want to have a job where I have to work in hot
1: weather or cold weather. C- can you imagine? I admire people. I don't want to work outside in the You don't want to so- work outside. Oh, at all. That would suck. Can you imagine? Like, it's raining like, like hell here right now. Can you imagine if you have to work outside all day? Because it's either going to be rainy, cold, or hot. Or, like, there's very few days where you're going to be like... So it would be an
0: inside job where you wear a tie.
1: Doing uh, what? Uh, I think I could have... Um, I'm not smart enough to be a doctor or a lawyer. Probably an engineer. Can't do that. Whew. See Ernie, I'm not gonna get on TV and lie and say I'm like a, a rocket scientist. That's evident. Um something in the business world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do. You enjoy yeah. business. You I, enjoy I, I enjoy business. Something in the business world. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Where you have to wear a tie. Yeah, or just a sport coat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh
0: is that our last is that our last call there's there's nothing international this week. Sorry oh, about man, that. That's okay. Good night, mate. Good day. Uh that's <laughs> it for the Steam Room. Episode number 11 is In the The books. Books. On to the toes.